This is day nine of our daily reading plan. Today we will be going through Genesis chapters 41 through 45. Lord, Heavenly Father, as we go through your scripture today, that you would guide us in all truth, that you would allow this to impact our lives, and that you would disciple us today. Please reveal yourself in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Now it happened at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream. And behold, he was standing by the Nile. And lo, from the Nile there came up seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed in the marsh grass. Then behold, seven other cows came up after them from the Nile, ugly and gaunt. And they stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. The ugly and gaunt cows ate up the seven sleek and fat cows. Then Pharaoh awoke. He fell asleep and dreamed a second dream, and behold, seven ears of grain came up on a single stalk, plump and good. Then behold, seven ears, thin and scorched by the east wind, sprouted up after them. The thin ears swallowed up the seven plump and full ears. Then Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Now in the morning his spirit was troubled, so he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt, and all its wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them to Pharaoh. Then the chief cupbearer spoke to Pharaoh, saying, I would make mention today of my own offenses. Pharaoh was furious with his servants, and he put me in confinement in the house of the captain of the bodyguard, both me and the chief baker. We had a dream on the same night, he and I. Each of us dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dream. Now a Hebrew youth was with us there, a servant of the captain of the bodyguard, and we related them to him, and he interpreted our dreams for us. To each one he interpreted according to his own dream. And just as he interpreted for us, so it happened. He restored me in my office, but he hanged him. Then Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph, and they hurriedly brought him out of the dungeon. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, but no one can interpret it. And I have heard it said about you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph then answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. So Pharaoh spoke to Joseph, In my dream, behold, I was standing on the bank of the Nile, and behold, seven cows, fat and sleek, came up out of the Nile, and they grazed in the marsh grass. Lo, seven other cows came up after them, poor and very ugly and gaunt, such as I had never seen for ugliness in all the land of Egypt. And the lean and ugly cows ate up the seven fat cows. 
yet when they had devoured them, it could not be detected that they had devoured them, for they were just as ugly as before. Then I awoke. I saw also in my dream, and behold, seven ears, full and good, came up on a single stalk, and lo, seven ears, withered, thin, and scorched by the east wind, sprouted up after them, and the thin ears swallowed the seven good ears. Then I told it to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. Now Joseph said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's dreams are one and the same. God has told to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one and the same. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years, and the seven thin ears scorched by the east wind will be seven years of famine. It is as I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. Behold, seven years of great abundance are coming in all the land of Egypt. And after them, seven years of famine will come, and all the abundance will be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine will ravage the land. So the abundance will be unknown in the land because of that subsequent famine, for it will be very severe. Now as for the repeating of the dream to Pharaoh twice, it means that the matter is determined by God, and God will quickly bring it about. Now let Pharaoh look for a man discerning and wise, and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh take action to appoint overseers in charge of the land, and let him exact a fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven years of abundance. Then let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming, and store up the grain for food in the cities under Pharaoh's authority, and let them guard it. Let the food become as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine which will occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land will not perish during the famine. Now the proposal seemed good to Pharaoh and all his servants. Then Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this, in whom is a divine spirit? So Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has informed you of all this, there is no one so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house, and according to your command, all my people shall do homage. Only in the throne I will be greater than you. Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took off his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and clothed him in garments of fine linen and put the gold necklace around his neck. He had him ride in his second chariot and they proclaimed before him, Bow the knee! And he set them over all the land of Egypt. Moreover, Pharaoh said to Joseph, 
Though I am Pharaoh, yet without your permission, no one shall raise his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh named Joseph Zaphnath-Paniah, and he gave him Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, as his wife. And Joseph went forth over the land of Egypt. Now Joseph was thirty years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt. During the seven years of plenty, the land brought forth abundantly. So he gathered all the food of these seven years, which occurred in the land of Egypt, and placed the food in the cities. He placed in every city the food from its own surrounding fields. Thus Joseph stored up grain in great abundance, like the sand of the sea, until he stopped measuring it, for it was beyond measure. Now before the year of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bore to him. Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh, for, he said, God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. He named the second Ephraim, for, he said, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. When the seven years of plenty which had been in the land of Egypt came to an end, and the seven years of famine began to come, just as Joseph had said, then there was famine in all the lands, but in the land of Egypt there was bread. So when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried out to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph. Whatever he says to you, you shall do. When the famine was spread over all the face of the earth, then Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians. And the famine was severe in the land of Egypt. The people of all the earth came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph, because the famine was severe in all the earth. Now Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt, and Jacob said to his sons, Why are you staring at one another? He said, Behold, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us from that place, so that we may live and not die. Then ten brothers of Joseph went down to buy grain from Egypt. But Jacob did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brothers, for he said, I am afraid that harm may befall him. So the sons of Israel came to buy grain among those who were coming, for the famine was in the land of Canaan also. Now Joseph was the ruler over the land. He was the one who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. When Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them. But he disguised himself to them and spoke to them harshly. And he said to them, Where have you come from? And they said, 
from the land of Canaan to buy food. But Joseph had recognized his brothers, although they did not recognize him. Joseph remembered the dreams which he had about them, and said to them, You are spies. You have come to look at the undefended parts of our land. Then they said to him, No, my lord, but your servants have come to buy food. We are all sons of one man. We are honest men. Your servants are not spies. Yet he said to them, No, but you have come to look at the undefended parts of our land. But they said, Your servants are twelve brothers in all, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And behold, the youngest is with our father today, and one is no longer alive. Joseph said to them, It is as I said to you, you are spies. By this you will be tested. By the life of Pharaoh, you shall not go from this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of you that he may get your brother while you remain confined, that your words may be tested, whether there is truth in you. But if not, by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. So he put them all together in prison for three days. Now Joseph said to them on the third day, Do this and live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers be confined in your prison. But as for the rest of you, go carry grain for the famine of your households, and bring your youngest brother to me, so your words may be verified, and you will not die. And they did so. Then they said to one another, Truly, we are guilty concerning our brother, because we saw the distress of his soul when he pleaded with us, yet we would not listen. Therefore this distress has come upon us. Reuben answered them, saying, Did I not tell you, do not sin against the boy? And you would not listen? Now comes the reckoning for his blood. They did not know, however, that Joseph understood, for there was an interpreter between them. He turned away from them and wept. But when he returned to them and spoke to them, he took Simeon from them and bound him before their eyes. Then Joseph gave orders to fill their bags with grain and to restore every man's money in his sack and to give them provisions for the journey. And thus it was done for them. So they loaded their donkeys with their grain and departed from there. As one of them opened his sack to give his donkey fodder at the lodging place, he saw his money, and behold, it was in the mouth of his sack. Then he said to his brothers, My money has been returned, and behold, it is even in my sack. And their hearts sank, and they turned trembling to one another, saying, What is this that God has done to us? When they came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan, they told him all that had happened to them, saying, The man, the lord of the land, spoke harshly with us, 
and took us for spies of the country. But we said to him, We are honest men. We are not spies. We are twelve brothers, son of our father. One is no longer alive, and the youngest is with our father today in the land of Canaan. The man, the lord of the land, said to us, By this I will know that you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers with me, and take grain for the famine of your households, and go. But bring your youngest brother to me, that I may know that you are not spies, but honest men. I will give your brother to you, and you may trade in the land. Now it came about, as they were emptying their sacks, that, behold, every man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when they and their father saw their bundles of money, they were dismayed. Their father Jacob said to them, You have bereaved me of my children. Joseph is no more, and Simeon is no more, and you would take Benjamin. All these things are against me. Then Reuben spoke to his father, saying, You may put my two sons to death if I do not bring them back to you. Put them in my care, and I will return him to you. But Jacob said, My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he alone is left. If harm shall befall him on the journey that you are taking, then you will bring my gray hair down to Sheol in sorrow. Now the famine was severe in the land. So it came about, when they had finished eating the grain which they had brought from Egypt, that their father said to them, Go back, buy us a little food. Judah spoke to him, however, saying, The man solemnly warned us, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. If you send our brother with us, we will go down and buy our food. But if you do not send him, we will not go down. For the man said to us, You will not see my face unless your brother is with you. Then Israel said, Why did you treat me so badly by telling the man whether you still had another brother? But they said, The man questioned particularly about us and our relatives, saying, Is your father still alive? Have you another brother? So we answered his questions. Could we possibly know that he would say, Bring your brother down? Judah said to his father Israel, Send the lad with me, and we will arise and go, that we may live and not die, we as well as you and our little ones. I myself will be surety for him. You may hold me responsible for him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, then let me bear the blame before you forever. For if you had not delayed, by now we could have not returned twice. Then their father Israel said to them, If it must be so, then do this. Take some of the best products of the land in your bags, and carry down to the man as a present, a little balm and a little honey, aromatic gum and myrrh, pistachio nuts and almonds. 
take double the money in your hand and take back in your hand the money that was returned in the mouth of your sacks. Perhaps it was a mistake. Take your brother also and arise. Return to the man. And may God Almighty grant you compassion in the sight of the man so that he will release to you your older brother and Benjamin. But as for me, if I am bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. So the men took this present, and they took double the money in their hand, and Benjamin. Then they arose and went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to his house steward, Bring the men into the house, and slay an animal, and make ready, for the men are to dine with me at noon. So the man did as Joseph said, and brought the men to Joseph's house. Now the men were afraid, because they were brought to Joseph's house. And they said, It is because of the money that was returned in our sacks the first time that we were being brought in that he might seek an occasion against us, and fall upon us, and take us for slaves with our donkeys. So they came near to Joseph's house, steward, and spoke to him at the entrance of the house, and said, O oh, my Lord, we indeed came down the first time to buy food, and it came about when we came to the lodging place, that we opened our sacks, and behold, each man's money was in the mouth of his sack, our money in full. So we have brought it back in our hand. We have also brought down other money in our hand to buy food. We do not know who put our money in our sacks. He said, Be at ease, do not be afraid. Your God and the God of your father has given you treasure in your sacks. I had your money. Then he brought Simeon out, of, out to them. Then the man brought the men into Joseph's house and gave them water, and they washed their feet, and he gave their donkeys fodder. So they prepared the present for Joseph's coming at noon, for they had heard that they were to eat a meal there. Then Joseph came home, they brought into the house to him the present, which was in their hand, and bowed to the ground before him. Then he asked them about their welfare, and said, Is your old father well, of whom you spoke? Is he still alive? They said, Your servant, our father, is well. He is still alive. They bowed down in homage. As he lifted his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, he said, Is this your youngest brother, of whom you spoke to me? And he said, May God be gracious to you, my son. Joseph hurried out, for he was deeply stirred over his brother, and he sought a place to weep. And he entered his chamber and wept there. Then he washed his face and came out, and he controlled himself, and said, Serve the meal. So they served him by himself, 
and them by themselves, and the Egyptians who ate with them by themselves, because the Egyptians could not eat bread with the Hebrews, for that is loathsome to the Egyptians. Now they were seated before him, the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his youth. And the men looked at one another in astonishment. He took portions to them from his own table, but Benjamin's portion was five times as much as any of theirs. So they feasted and drank freely with him. Then he commanded his house steward, saying, Fill the men's sacks with food, as much as they can carry, and put each man's money in the mouth of his sack. Put my cup, the silver cup, in the mouth of the sack of the youngest, and his money for the grain. And he did as Joseph had told him. As soon as it was light, the men were sent away, they with their donkeys. They had just gone out of the city and were not far off, when Joseph said to his house steward, Up, follow the men, and when you overtake them, say to them, Why have you repaid evil for good? Is not this the one from which my Lord drinks, and which he indeed uses for divination? You have done wrong in doing this. So he overtook them and spoke these words to them. They said to them, Why does my Lord speak such words as these? Far be it from your servants to do such a thing. Behold, the money which we found in the mouth of our sacks we have brought back to you from the land of Canaan. How then could we steal silver or gold from your Lord's house? With whomever of your servants it is found, let him die, and we also will be my Lord's slaves. So he said, Now let it be, according to your words, he with whom it is found shall be my slave, and the rest of you shall be innocent. Then they hurried, each man lowered his sack to the ground, and each man opened his sack. He searched, beginning with the oldest and ending with the youngest and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. Then they tore their clothes, and when each man loaded his donkey, they returned to the city. When Judah and his brothers came to Joseph's house, he was still there, and they fell to the ground before him. Joseph said to them, What is this deed that you have done? Do you not know that such a man as I can indeed practice divination? So Judah said, What can we say to my Lord? What can we speak? And how can we justify ourselves? God has found out the iniquity of your servants. Behold, we are my Lord's slaves, both we and the one in whose possession the cup has been found. But he said, Far be it from me to do this. The man in whose possession the cup has been found, he shall be my slave. But as for you, go up in peace to your father. Then Judah approached him 
and said, O my Lord, may your servant please speak a word in my Lord's ears, and do not be angry with your servant, for you are equal to Pharaoh. My Lord asks his servants, saying, Have you a father or a brother? We said to my Lord, We have an old father and a little child of his old age. Now his brother is dead, so he alone is left of his mother, and his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, Bring him to me, that I may set my eyes on him. But we said to my Lord, The lad cannot leave his father, for if he should leave his father, his father would die. You said to your servants, however, Unless your youngest brother comes down with you, you will not see my face again. Thus it came about, when you went up to your servant, my father. We told him the words of my Lord. Our father said, Go back, buy us a little food. But we said, We cannot go down. If our youngest brother is with us, then we will go down. For we cannot see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Your servant, my father, said to us, You know that my wife bore me two sons, and the one went out from me, and I said, Surely he is torn in pieces, and I have not seen him since. If you take this one also from me, and harm befalls him, you will bring my gray hair down to Sheol in sorrow. Now therefore, when I come to your servant, my father, and the lad is not with us, since his life is bound up in the lad's life. When he sees that the lad is not with us, he will die. Thus your servants will bring the gray hair of your servant, our father, down to Sheol in sorrow. For your servant became surety for the lad to my father, saying, If I do not bring him back to you, then let me bear the blame before my father forever. Now therefore, please let your servant remain instead of the lad, as a slave to my lord, and let the lad go up with his brothers. For how shall I go up to my father if the lad is not with me, for fear that I see the evil that would overtake my father? Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried, Have everyone go out from me. So there was no man with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. He wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it, and the household of Pharaoh heard of it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Please come closer to me. And they came closer. And he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. Now do not be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years. 
and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant in the earth, and to keep you alive by a great deliverance. Now therefore, it is not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh, and lord of all his household, and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father, and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not delay. You shall live in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me, you and your children and your children's children, and your flocks and your herds and all that you have. There I will also provide for you, for there are still five years of famine to come, and you and your household and all that you have would be impoverished. Behold, your eyes see, and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see, that it is my mouth which is speaking to you. Now you must tell my father of all my splendor in Egypt, and all that you have seen and you must hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept on his neck. He kissed all his brothers and wept on them, and afterward his brothers talked with him. Now when the news was heard in Pharaoh's house that Joseph's brothers had come, it pleased Pharaoh and his servants. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say to your brothers, Do this, load your beasts, and go to the land of Canaan, and take your father and your households, and come to me, and I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you will eat the fat of the land. Now you are ordered, Do this, take wagons from the land of Egypt for your little ones, and for your wives, and bring your father and come. Do not concern yourselves with your goods, for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. Then the sons of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them wagons according to the command of Pharaoh, and he gave them provisions for the journey. To each of them he gave changes of garments, but to Benjamin he gave three hundred pieces of silver and five changes of garments. To his father he sent as follows, ten donkeys loaded with the best things of Egypt, and ten female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and sustenance for his father on the journey. So he sent his brothers away, and as they departed, he said to them, do not quarrel on this journey. Then they went up from Egypt and came to the land of Canaan to their father Jacob. They told him, saying, Joseph is still alive, and indeed he is ruler over all the land of Egypt. But he was stunned, for he did not believe them. When they told him all the words of Joseph, that he had spoken to them, and when he saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to carry him, 
the spirit of their father Jacob revived. Then Israel said, It is enough. My son Joseph is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. All right, so we have finished another lengthy journey through the book of Genesis. Um, I appreciate your patience up until this point. Um, not all these readings are going to be this long. These particular chapters are lengthy, but they're full of good things to talk about here. Um, I know that there have been animated movies and stuff about uh, this particular section of Scripture, but it's just so beautiful to see it straight from the Lord's mouth himself. Um, and we, we know the story. It's pretty famous, and especially in chapter 41, where... Pharaoh has a dream, two dreams to be exact, about the same thing, where God is telling Pharaoh what's about to happen. Seven years of plenty, seven years of famine. And I like that um, you see something that Joseph does that we should be doing in our lives as well, is... Uh, like, for example, in verse 16, he says, um, it's not in me, but God will give you the answer. So he takes no credit for any of this, and neither should we. You know, especially if you are involved in a ministry or you're involved in your church, uh, this is a trap that a lot of Christians could fall into. It is not your ministry. This podcast is not my ministry. This is something that God has commissioned me to do. So if I ever get into my head that, well, this is my ministry. This cannot be done without my input. Me, me, me. If I start being like that, then pride has entered into the equation and it is no longer done with a heart of service. It's no longer done with a heart of worship. It is done either begrudgingly because you've committed to something you don't want to do anymore, or it's now your ministry. And if we get to that point, there's something very wrong. Um, if you do have a ministry, you're involved in your church in some way, just like in the business world, something I've heard for many years is everyone's replaceable. So this sounds really mean, but it's God who does all this. He chooses to use us in his ministry, but it is him who does all this. He's the one that gives you the skills and the talents to work for him. And everything that we do should be for the glory of God, not for the glory of ourselves. And we see that when he begins interpreting these dreams for Pharaoh, that it is not in me. There's nothing I did. This is what God's saying. But they still recognized that this was God's will for um, Joseph to be the one to take the second in command of Egypt and to oversee everything that the Lord had declared would happen in the next 14 years. So Pharaoh honors him. He We see that he is... 30 years old. So he was a teenager when he was sold into slavery in Egypt. So from the time he became overseer of Potiphar's house 
to the time in jail to this present time. More than 10 years easily have passed. And that's a long time to be enslaved or to be imprisoned. And at such a young age, too. And for him to emerge out of this with such wisdom and such clarity of who God is and why Joseph was there going through all of this is just wondrous to see. And then you see how it plays out in the next chapters when he's dealing with his brothers. So at first, it seems a little rough as to why he's doing it this way. He does it for a reason. He wanted to be certain that his brothers that enslaved him or sent him off to slavery were not going to kill Benjamin or that they had not already done so. That's what we can kind of glean from the text here, that um, they wanted, he wanted to make sure that Benjamin was safe and Benjamin was okay. And um, we see them spill the beans in chapter 42. They just come out and say everything right there. And this is really what Joseph was trying to get them to do this whole time, was to confess to what they did. This confession of their sin, the repentance that needs to come from their hearts. Just like it says in chapter 42, beginning in verse 22, Reuben answered them saying, Did I not tell you, do not sin against the boy, and you would not listen? Now comes the reckoning for his blood. Right? That's exactly what happened right now. And they knew that this was God doing this. They even called it out here when they uh, said this in verse, where was it? Verse 28. They looked in their sacks, they saw the money was still there, and their hearts sank, and they trembled toward one another, saying, What is this that God has done to us? They knew. They lived with a godly father, who was not a perfect man, but he was a godly father, and they knew that he feared the Lord, and they knew that God was active. And one thing to note here, even though it was very obvious what they did when they threw him into slavery, there are no secret sins when it comes to God. He knows everything. He knows everything we've ever done, the things that we keep deep down in our hearts, the things that we hold back from him, the things that we don't want to give up to him, our secret motivations. He sees it all. He sees it all. He knows why you really do what you do. You can fool everybody else, but you cannot fool him. And if everything we do is for his glory, and we're doing it half-heartedly, he knows. So it really is worthy of looking at ourselves, self-reflection, and repenting to the one who made us and the one we desire to serve, or we should be serving. So they, they finally caught up with him, and it looks like they had never really dealt with it since Joseph was enslaved. But now it's all coming out. And you can see, you can under... You can understand what Jacob's going through here when they're wanting to send them back to Egypt. And like, well, we, we can't go unless we take Benjamin with us. No, 
don't take Benjamin, please. You know, you I heard you lost one one of Rachel's sons. Rachel was my favorite wife. Joseph was my favorite son. And I've lost both of them. Now you want to take Benjamin? Why? Why would you do this to me? If you if anything happens to Benjamin, it's going to it's going to kill me. And you just see them take ownership and uh, commit to um, protecting Benjamin at all costs. And you see Judah do that, step up to the plate. And so they prepare a gift for Joseph as a, as a thank you. And as well as like, hey, you know, there seems to be a misunderstanding. I don't know if you guys messed up or not, but you didn't take any of our money. So here it is, and here's the other double of that. And here's some other stuff um, that you you might like. You know, a little balm, a little honey, some gum, some myrrh, spices, you know, aroma. You know, you have nuts, things like that. So, enjoy. And then when you see how Joseph responds to them, he is so overcome with emotion. I mean... Did we men? It's hard for a man to understand that sometimes how these, how these, how the the men of the Bible can be so emotional. But it's, it makes me wonder if we lost sight of some of that, where we are supposed to be more emotional, in certain ways, but you just see, Joseph just so overwhelmed with emotion and with happiness and with just. You know, whatever is going on, and you just see him. He, I need to get out of here, and so I could cry. I mean, I don't want them to see me like this. I need to go somewhere and and weep. And it's just a beautiful thing to see him do. Um, and he lets the ruse go on for a little while longer. He fills up their sacks again with the money, and then this time he throws in a little uh, goblet, a little cup that belonged to Joseph himself, that uh, whoever's found guilty of stealing this is going to be my slave. And and we know he did that on purpose, that he put it in Benjamin's thing, and then you just see the brothers. You can imagine Judah's just like, oh boy, here it comes. I knew this was going to happen. They tore their clothes when they found it. I mean, that's a biblical sign of just you know, hopelessness, just, oh, I give up. I There's nothing I can do. I am totally defeated at this moment. So then he he tries to keep it up for a little while longer with them, and they just come clean. Judah just comes clean about everything that's going on. And you see Christ right here. And isn't it interesting as well that Christ comes from the line of Judah? So there's no coincidences with God. You just see Judah's plea for the life of Benjamin and to let him take the punishment on our on his behalf. Isn't that Christ? He does that exact same thing to us. He offered himself on the cross. For us, we, so we don't have to be punished. We don't have to experience God's wrath. Because when God puts his wrath on us, it's forever. 
and it's an eternal separation from him in hell. But Christ restores us and he rescues us from that. And you see Judah rescue Benjamin from that, begging, begging the Lord of Egypt to be merciful. And then you see Joseph just couldn't take it anymore. And he just, he admits who he is. And you just see he's been working on this for a while, that he's already wanting to have the whole family come to Egypt so that they can be taken care of. Joseph's in a very powerful seat of authority, but also, again, this, this, this famine is like something we have never understood in this modern day, in at least in America where I am, that, you know, there's no food anywhere except for in Egypt. So why wouldn't you want to come to Egypt where the food is? And so Joseph is begging for his family to come to Egypt and be taken care of. And what you see that's so beautiful as well as uh, from Pharaoh himself, he completely endorsed it because of how well Joseph has done. You know, it makes it seem like he made a believer out of him too. And so it's, it's beautiful to see what kind of a testimony, what kind of a witness that Joseph had in everything that he did. In every way he acted, he did it all for God's glory. And he remained faithful in that. And God, in return, was faithful, not only to Joseph and what he did, but he never forgot the covenants that he made with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob, that he would, he would keep their family protected and that they would become a great and powerful nation where the, the sand, the stars in the sky couldn't count them. And that hadn't happened yet. And that won't happen if they were utterly destroyed. So God was faithful to his covenant with his people. And he still is today. Some of these covenants in the Bible um, are still very much in effect today, if not all of them. So that's, that's for another time. We can talk about covenant theology, but certainly you just see God's love and his faithfulness, that he doesn't lie, he doesn't change his mind. If he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. And we should certainly do our best to mirror that behavior. So tomorrow we will finish the book of Genesis. And we will see the going on of having the entire family of Jacob go to Egypt. Um, Joseph sees his father pass away after blessing all the 12 brothers and Joseph's sons, even. And then we see the end of Jacob and the end of Joseph, which will happen tomorrow. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you tomorrow. Until then, take care, and God bless you.